Good morning, church. Hey, it's so good to see you as we uh, head towards Thanksgiving. It's great to see you here this morning. Uh, Please take a moment, like always, to find your message outline. And if you have a basket of pins underneath your chair on the aisle, uh, just uh, pass those down your row so we can uh, take some notes this morning. Good to have you here. And uh, go ahead and turn in your Bible, if you have your Bibles with you, or on your phone to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 will be there in just a moment. Today, as we kind of head towards Thanksgiving, I felt God leading me to talk with you about being thankful even in the bad times, even in the bad times, because we all have some bad times at some time. And so how can we be thankful as we gather around our Thanksgiving table? Maybe your family's like mine. We gather around the table, and before we pray and before we dive into the turkey and all the trimmings and all that kind of thing, we just take time to give thanks But how do you do that when maybe you're right in the middle of some really bad stuff going on in your life? Well, I want to talk with you about five things that you can be thankful for even in the bad times. Five things that you can be thankful for even when your bad times seem like they'll never, ever end. Five things. Now, Thanksgiving is a time that's not easy for lots and lots of people because Trying to find something to be thankful for during some bad times can be tough, really tough. I mean, it's tough to give thanks to God on Thanksgiving when the doctor has just told you that your spouse has cancer, or when the doctor says there's nothing more we can do for your spouse, or the doctor says your spouse is going to die. And you all know that I know how tough that is. And maybe you've experienced something tough that makes it tough for you to give thanks. Maybe you're stuck in a bad financial situation that just seems like it will never end. Maybe you're jobless or not happy with your job. Maybe your income just isn't enough to pay the bills. Maybe you have a child that's making one bad decision after another. Maybe your spouse has walked in and said, I'm just not happy anymore. I think we're done. And yet, we've got the Bible, the Word of God, telling us to give thanks even when we're in the middle of bad times. In fact, the Bible says it like this in 1 Thessalonians. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's what God says. Now, part of God's will for you and me is to give thanks to him even in the bad times. Part of God's will for you and me is to keep looking up to him and keep trusting in him even in the bad times. But listen close. God doesn't expect you to give thanks for the bad things that come. He doesn't expect you to give thanks for being sick or or for being sued, or abused, or accused, or jobless, or slandered, or misunderstood, or alone. God doesn't bring those things into your life, and even God hates those things. You don't have to be thankful for the bad things that come into your life. But the Bible is saying that even in the midst of those bad times, keep giving thanks to God. Don't stop giving thanks to God. Don't turn your back on God. But what do you thank Him for? What are some of those things you should thank God for when times are bad? First of all, write this one down. Be thankful for the grace 
that he has shown to you. The grace. Now, you can always be thankful for the times that God gave you what you needed instead of what you deserved. Amen? (laughs) Be thankful for those times that God gave you what you needed instead of what you deserved. For those times that God gave you grace instead of what you deserved. God has given you and me grace time and time again. He gave you grace, and he gives me grace when when we deserve the opposite. So you can always be thankful for the blessings God has given you, the dreams that God has caused to come true for you, the good times that God has provided for you. From his heart of grace, God is constantly sending you gifts of grace. And the Bible says this, you have been saved by grace, talking about God's grace, through believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you did not save yourselves. It was the gift of God. That scripture means that you can't save yourselves from the punishment that you deserve for your sins. You you just can't. That scripture means you can't save yourselves from spending eternity in hell, the place of punishment for sins. Your salvation from the penalty that you deserve for your sins is a gift from God, a gift of grace from His hand. Now, because God decided to give you grace and give me grace instead of what you deserved, the result is your salvation. Salvation from the wages you earned by living in sin. The result is your salvation from eternal separation from God in hell. And the result is being a recipient instead of his gift of life eternal with God in heaven. And all of God's church said, amen. That's the result. And so even in bad times, you can be thankful, always be thankful for God's gift of grace. David wrote about this in the Bible. David says this. I will not forget the glorious things God does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals me. He ransoms me from hell. He surrounds me with love. He fills my life with good things. He is merciful and tender toward those who don't deserve it. He's slow to get angry. He never bears a grudge. He has not punished us as we deserve for our sins. This Thanksgiving... Even if you're in the midst of a bad time, you can be thankful for the grace that God has shown for you. Second, write this down, and then you can be thankful and give thanks for the plans that he has for you. When God knit you together in the womb of your mother, he was thinking about the good plans that he has for you. He was also equipping you for the good works that he wanted you to do. Now, we all know that this life is not always good. We, we know that sometimes things happen that hinder God's plans for us. Life isn't all sunshine and lollipops. You found that out? Amen? <laughs> it's not all roses. It's not all rainbows. But even though life is not always good, God is always good. Amen, church? Come on. God, God is always good, no matter what happens to us in life. And God's plan, listen, is always good for you. Always. God says, look at this, I have good plans for you, says the Lord. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and a future. 
God's plan for you, no matter what happens, is good. So listen close. I've experienced that when bad times come into my life, that God is with me in my suffering. When bad times come into my life, I've experienced that God sustains me as I'm suffering. I found that when bad times come, God carries me all the way through my suffering. When bad times come, I've experienced that God fills me with peace during my suffering. And I found that he gives me hope for a good future in spite of my suffering. Now, it is Satan who has bad plans for you and me. But God has nothing but good plans for you and me. So if I have to endure some bad times that Satan and this world throws at me, okay. Because I know that God is with me and God is working in me and my God is working for me and for my good. Amen? amen. You tired of saying amen yet? Amen. All right. I'm going to have you say it a few more times, all right? The Bible says, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. That means that no matter what bad things come into my life, he's going to bring something good out of them. Think about this. God has already proved that he has the power to turn a crucifixion into a resurrection. He's already proved that with Jesus. And that means that God has the power to raise you back up and out of your bad times. That means that he has the power to end your bad times. Now, you, you may feel dead. You may feel buried this morning, maybe even done. But ha God has the power to bring you back to life, back to a good life. And then, just like he did with Jesus, he will use your pain and your suffering to not only bless you, but to bless others. So this Thanksgiving, you can be thankful for the plans that God has for you because they are good plans. Next, be thankful for the promises that he's made to you. One of the greatest promises, I think, in Scripture is this from Hebrews chapter 13. He says, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. What a comfort that is when you're facing a bad time. It's so comforting to know there's not a moment in your life when God is not with you. There is not a situation in your life where God is not with you. There, there, there is not a place you can go where God is not with you. God never leaves you. That is his promise to you. Amen? Amen? Take that one home with you. God is with you, and he will never leave you. I love this. Look at this. In fact, God says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. He's done that for me. He says, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned up. It will not consume you. And maybe some of you are going through deep waters right now. But God says to you this morning, you won't drown. Maybe some of you are going through Something that seems like a fiery situation right now. But God is saying to you this morning, you'll not be burned up. You'll not be consumed. 
The Bible says don't be anxious or worried about anything. Instead, pray about everything, always making your requests to God with thanksgiving. So God has made some of these great promises to you so that when the bad times come, what do you do? You trust him. You look at the promises and you trust him to keep his promises. And then you lift your needs to him with thanksgiving for being with you and willing and able to help you. This Thanksgiving, be thankful for the promises that he has made to you. And next, be thankful for the changes that he is making in you. The changes. You know, here's, here's the really good news. No matter what you go through, no matter what times are bad that you go through, God will use them to change you for the better. The truth is this. He's not just with you. He's living in you. And so there inside of you, he's working on you, making changes within you to better you, to make you better and better. The bottom line is this. While things may be working against you, God is working in you, and God is working for you. The Word of God says this, for God is working in you, even giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. In 2 Corinthians, it says this, as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. So maybe this morning you're willing to say, I know that I'm not all that I should be, but God is at work inside of me, and He is changing me. No matter what bad times you're dealing with, and no matter how weak and powerless you feel to keep on keeping on in your bad times, and no matter how powerless you feel to change and become more like Him, I want you to know that God's power will kick in, and He will make up all the difference that you need. He will give you all the power you need to change and to become more like Him. Paul says this, but God said to me, my grace is all you need. When you are weak, my power is made perfect in you. Think about that. The power of Almighty God is made perfect in you. It's not lacking anything. It's everything that you need. So I'm happy to brag about my weaknesses, he says. Then Christ's power can live in me. Listen, God is not finished with you. His, his power is at work in you, changing you for the better. His power is perfecting you and making you ready to live with him in heaven for all eternity. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. He's at work in you. So this Thanksgiving, you can be thankful for the changes that he's making in you, how he's drawing you and drawing you closer to him. And then this morning, you can be thankful for the home that he has made for you. Now, I'm talking about your real home, not the home where you live today. I'm talking about your eternal home, the home that's waiting for you in heaven if you've given your life to Jesus Christ as your Savior. Your current home on this earth is just a temporary home. But you have an eternal home that Jesus has already made for you. 
You know that? That he's already designed, already constructed for you. Can you imagine what he can make? <laughs> we think we do good in our yards, in our homes, you know, our little design thingies, you know, that we do. But here's God Almighty, creator of all that exists, and he has designed your home. He has constructed your eternal home. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going there to heaven to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. Listen, Jesus is going to personally escort you to the place that he has prepared for you. In the same place where he lives. That chokes me up. The same place he lives. That's in heaven. And so one day he's going to say to all of us, then the king will say, come, you who are blessed by my father, come take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. So listen close. Your final home in the kingdom that your heavenly Father has prepared for you will be beyond your greatest dreams. <laughs> in fact, God even says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You can't even begin to imagine how awesome your real home and eternity in heaven will be. The Bible says this, God has reserved for his children the priceless gift of eternal life. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. I mean, nothing can mess up your eternal home. I mean, our heavenly home gets messed up with dead, rotten termites. Amen? <laughs> Slab leaks. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. But that home is beyond change and decay. And God in his mighty power will make sure you get there safely to receive it because you are trusting him. So be truly glad or truly thankful. Your real home in heaven is finished. It's waiting for you. It's reserved for you. Your real home in heaven will be inhabited by you because God will make sure you get there safely. Amen, church. Isn't God awesome? Your real home in heaven and your life forever in heaven is God's gift of grace to you, his child. Now listen close. The question is, but is everybody going to get to go to that kind of home, get to go to heaven? And the answer is no. Sadly, no. Because if God let unrepentant murderers unrepentant child molesters, unrepentant rapists and genocidal dictators or any kind of rebellious sinners into his heaven, it would be no better than life on earth. God is a holy God. It's a holy heaven. And so the Bible says that only God's children made right and made holy and pure by Jesus Christ are going to be in heaven. That only those who have been born into his family will be in heaven. Now understand, everybody is created by God. 
Everybody is loved by God. Everybody is desired by God to be in heaven. That's God's plan for everyone that he creates. But you don't become a child of God until you choose to join his family. And when you do that, when you invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart and your life and forgive you your sins and be your Savior and your Lord, that's how you become God's child. And he prepares a place then in heaven for you. And when you know that you have a home far greater waiting for you, no matter what kind of bad times hit you, you can even give thanks to God in spite of what has hit you because you know what is ahead of you. Amen. I'm cracking up this morning because I'm so blessed. You know what's ahead of you, what's waiting for you. The Bible says this, we often suffer, we know that, but we're never crushed. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us, and when we are knocked down, we get up again. We know that God raised the Lord back to life, and just as he raised Jesus, he will also raise us back to life, and he will bring us, yeah, into his presence together so we don't focus on the troubles we see right now instead we look forward to what we don't yet see for the troubles we see now are temporary but the joys to come will last forever folks if you want to be sure that you will be raised to a new life and a new home in heaven where joys will last forever but you have still not yet chosen to join God's family, today is your day. Today is your day. Today is the day that you need to believe that Jesus Christ died to pay for your sins, but then he rose again to believe that. Today is the day that you need to confess to Jesus, yes, I have sinned. I want to be honest about that. Today is the day that you need to ask Jesus to forgive your sins and to come live inside your life. Today is the day that you need to trust Jesus to make that eternal home in heaven for you. Because when you know that you're right with God, when you know that you have a home with God after you die, when the bad times come, you can still be thankful because this is not your final home. This is not all there is to life. The best part is yet to come. Amen? The best part is yet to come. So folks, in the bad times, you can always give thanks for the grace that he's shown to you, for the plans that he has for you, for the promises that he's made to you, for the changes he's making in you, and for the home that he's made for you. This Thanksgiving, can you give some thanks? Amen. Amen. Tonight as we eat Thanksgiving dinner to, together, we can give thanks, and, but you can do it at your home. You can do it around your table. Give thanks this Thanksgiving. Would you bow your heads with me? This morning, if you've not yet placed your belief and your trust in Jesus to be your Savior, to forgive your sins, to come live in your life and prepare a place for you in heaven, you can do that today. By simply praying this prayer in your heart silently, just pray it after me. 
And God will hear it. And God will do exactly what you ask him to do. Goes like this. Father God, I want Jesus to be my savior. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the savior. I confess my sins to you. I ask that you forgive my sins and accept me into your family. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. I want to be your child and live with you in heaven as best as I know how. I will start following you. And even in the bad times, I will follow you and I will give thanks to you. This morning, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you just in a moment to just slip up your hand. Nobody else is looking around. Just slip up your hand because the Bible says if, if you will confess me, this is Jesus speaking, if you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. If you prayed that prayer, would you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I want to confess that to, before you. I want to let you know. Just, okay? Amen? Awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. Okay. Father, I thank you for each one who prayed that prayer. And Lord, for all of us, I just pray that you'd help us to really move into this Thanksgiving time of year, understanding all that we have to be thankful for, all that you have blessed us with. Father, help us to not let the pressing things of this life overshadow. Help us just to lift them to you, trust them, trust you for them, to make a way, and help us just to give thanks back to you. We pray in your precious and powerful name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.